Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We're happy to be with you here today. I'm Leanne Dolan in the Wondery Sunset Studios in West Hollywood. I'm a writer and producer, and I live in Pasadena, California. I'm the youngest sister. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm sitting here with my little sister, Leanne. I'm the middle sister. I'm an on-again, off-again corporate executive, and I live in Santa Monica, California, with my dog, Hooper. Hey, I'm Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, Texas, and I'm the first Dolan sister. How about that? I'm the oldest. <laughs> That's one I way to think first. of it. And uh, I'm an empty nester, an urban nana with five glorious grandchildren, and I'm always happy to be with you, sisters. All right. There's been a lot happening in Southern California in the last week. We're going to talk about that. But first, we want to tell you about a couple of other shows we have coming up for the holidays. Some I think you'll find soothing and others entertaining. Mm -hmm. So, Liz, take it away. We want to do a little bit of both. The soothing one, Leah. Yes. That is going to drop this Friday on Friday, November 16th. You will get in your feed, if you are subscribed, a special bonus episode, which is our interview with Alan Alda about family dynamics and communication and how we can all just get along a little bit better over the holidays. And he has some really thoughtful comments on how to listen more, how to be more empathetic, and what's really going on in your own head where you just want the other person to shut up so you can answer, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, right. So, you'll, so, pleasant, Liz. Yes. so please make sure you're subscribed to Satellite Sisters, then you'll automatically get it. And we, we went to Alan Alda because his podcast, Clear and Vivid, which is about communication skills, is so excellent. And I think we've all been inspired by that show. Yes. And his new season starts this week with an episode with Michael J. Fox. So you're going to want to listen to that too. Right. And then we have a holiday food and entertaining special coming up. It's more than a special. It's, it's a spectacular. <laughs> we are looking I think for... it's an extravaganza. <laughs> yeah. We're looking forward to talking about your food traditions on this show. Also, we have a list of uh, seasonal must-haves. Yeah. So you're going to be surprised at what is on our must-have list. <laughs> Julie, you have some urban Nana tips for yeah. um, uh, for, for holiday meal making. Land. Okay, something I, something for all ages. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and Liz, you're bringing some cautionary tales. I've got the top six reasons people end up in the emergency room, Leanne, on Thanksgiving. <laughs> all right, it's so not what you think. <laughs> So that's all next week on Satellite Sisters. But as Liz said, subscribe so you get it. And we're providing some entertainment for your drive or your cooking time or yeah. your shopping time, whatever you need. We're there for you. Uh, today on the show, um, we OK, we're doing an election follow up because there were just a lot of exciting things last yeah, week that yeah, happened. So there were many, some good things. So many women mm -hmm. that were elected to office and so many young women. That's exciting for us to see. Um, we're following that with the Bitter Business Bureau. Uh, yeah. 
There's one. We're, com- we're bitter here in Dallas, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. One company we're really mad at, mm-hmm. and we're just not going to order from your website for like twelve to fourteen hours. Okay. <laughs> International news roundup, Julie. <laughs> what is this international news roundup? What's your theme? This is, no, these are these are topics that we can talk about. These are trends coming out oh, of trends. different parts of the world that oh. I think you want to know about. So if you if you get tired of talking about, you know, holiday food, then then you have you can throw one of these topics in, All and right. you can be the star of your party. Okay, Liz, you went to see the new Melissa McCarthy movie. We're going yes. to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I am going to tell you how to peel a hard-boiled egg. So I'm You com- are. Yep. Okay. Whoa. Yep, covering a Is lot of things. Is that what you're making for Thanksgiving? Liz, you brought a healthy snack to work the other day. It was a hard-boiled egg. You, uh-huh. You're the inspiration. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you, you Leanne. Okay, Thank you, we'll little sister. You're my inspiration, Liz. <laughs> uh, but, but first, seriously, it was a very tough week here in Southern oh, California. Yeah. I mean, starting with so the terrible sad. news about the shooting in Thousand Oaks. Mm-hmm. That was the terrible shooting by a cold-blooded killer Yeah, at a, at a college at a, night at a bar. Oh, my you gosh. Know, and it was just so brutal. Those things are so crushing. You just can't allow yourself to, like, let that roll over you. And I agree. I, it was really, really crushing. So much so that, like, Thursday, I was thinking that hopelessness that you feel that this just keeps happening. Yeah. I, I Googled Bloodmobile because they did say that they needed uh, some blood, the hospital up in Thousand Oaks. So Friday morning, I went to the Bloodmobile yeah. just because it was it was the only thing I could possibly think of doing. And then it was driving home from the Bloodmobile that I'd heard about the fire that started in Thousand Oaks in the same town. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a town of 120,000 people, but that is a lot back to back. It's a lot for anybody. And yeah, I mean, when people started texting me, like, were your boys at that bar? Because it was college night. We live about an hour from there. So they weren't there. But that is when it really hit home yeah. for me, that yeah. Thousand Oaks shooting. I mean, yeah, because you, they were. They were college, college kids, kids learning how to line dance. I, know. I mean. Always such, in, you know, innocent people just trying to live and enjoy their lives. Right. And just, you're right. You can't let it wash over. No. You have to. No, you focus. can't. Yeah. And then the fires, I mean, we've had fires in Northern California and then here in Southern California. It's hard. We have a lot of geography here in California, a lot of hills. People are surprised how big the mountains are when they come out here. They're 10,000 foot mountains and stuff like that. You know, we haven't had a lot of rain. Uh, You know, it's been the dry season. And these fires just came out of nowhere. We have what are these Santa Ana winds? They blow out. Those are hard to, you know, I mean, if you've never been in a Santa Ana wind, it's hard to describe what it's like because they're like 60 and 70 mile an hour winds. Right. Uh, And they're hot. Hot winds from the desert. Desert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right. they're blowing from the desert out to the sea. And so any small ember, they whip up and they blow through those canyons with the mountains. And it's a disaster. Yeah. And I, I mean, there, there was so much smoke in Santa Monica where I live on Saturday morning. I mean, Friday night is when that fire, just the what they're calling the Woolsey fire, just was completely out of control. And by Saturday morning where I lived, there was ash all over everything. And a lot of just the people uh-huh. I encountered over the course of the weekend, Julie, because everyone, they, they've evacuated 250,000 people. And there are 200,000. Where are those people? So where they're do all, they go? They're all moving south towards Santa Monica and south of there okay. and just trying to find hotel rooms. And so a lot of the people that you encountered over the weekend were like in the grocery store trying to stock up because they had no food, because they had to flee their home. It's just really, it was so 
super tense all weekend because it just seemed yeah. to keep getting worse. I would agree with that. I was um, I was at a baby shower yesterday, a friend of mine's daughter, so she's becoming a grandmother. And I happened to be seated next to a woman who was from Westlake Village, and she was evacuated in the middle of the night. And I, I mean, I don't blame her. She came to the baby shower, but all she could talk about were the fires. And mm-hmm. she was sitting next to a woman who lived in Malibu, so they had both been evacuated. They Neither one knew if their home had survived. So they at yeah. this baby shower, and then she pulled out her cell phone and she showed me her dramatic footage of this was me leaving the house at 4 a.m. I mean, there were giant flames on either side of the road. And I said, did you just – what was it like? Like, were you just evacuated? She said, kind of out of nowhere. And I had gotten calls from a couple of friends who were out of town. Could you go check on this? Could you go check on that? And by the time I got home, there were flames everywhere. And, you know, oh. I waited. It took me like an hour after the evacuation notice. And I, she said I was terrified driving out of there. Yeah. And her pictures were dramatic. I mean, I – Gave her credit for showing up at the baby shower. But um, it, it was odd to think you could be sitting there and not knowing. Like, yeah. I don't know if my house right. burned down or not. And, you know, they were trying to glean everything they could from other people's Facebook posts and stuff. But And the weather forecast spots. is that the winds will kick up again today. Oh, that's so terrible. So that's what the fire – it's a huge fire line they are trying to control. Right. You know, because even just the town of Malibu is 28 miles long right. along the Pacific right. coast. So imagine trying to hold that, never mind all, all the territory that is east of there. I did get a call, a surprise call on Friday night from my dog walker who lives – he lives in a Santa Monica canyon, so not not close to the fire necessarily, but he was just like – thinking through what would he do, especially because we were getting so much smoke. Right. He's like, you know, I just wanted to ask if I do have to evacuate, could I come just stay with you and Hooper? (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, so I'm, I I guess it's very sweet that he thinks right. th- 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 like the, I'm the trustworthy person he knows that he would want. With wanna, a spare bedroom. <laughs> with a spare bedroom. He's certainly been in and out of my house many times. But then I realized he doesn't even own a car, right? He, oh, right. He does. Imagine trying to evacuate on a bicycle, Julie. Okay. That's oh. right. So... I mean, that, all the animals. I mean, yes. I know as people are trying to evacuate with animals oh. and... That area, a lot like, of horses. It seems like a yeah. lot of people have horses yeah. up there too. Did yeah. you see the photo of the llamas on Zuma Beach tied to the lifeguard <laughs> stand? I mean, people yeah. also think that Malibu is just this sort of fancy celebrity beachfront stuff. It's very rural in Malibu, yeah. and there are people that are living in trailers and things. It there are a lot of people there that do not have the resources to just get up and go move into a hotel. Right. So it is scary, and, and we also we have many. Many, many listeners up in that part of Los Angeles County, Ventura County, because we were on the radio. We were on a station in Ventura for many years when we had a daily radio show and also here in L.A. So those of you who are in the group that we feel like we've known you for a long time, long time. posting your messages. We're so grateful when you tell us yes. that you're OK or that you got your mother out or, you know, all of that is really helpful. And then we have another listener who posted yesterday. Did you see that her son and her nephew's home was completely destroyed in the Paradise Fire in Northern California? So we are so sorry to hear that yeah. for everyone out there. It's just, it's just so that tragic. town. They are still missing two hundred people. 
in that town, according to the L.A. Times report today. So a lot of prayers and thoughts for everybody. Uh, We thank people for all their inquiry. And Mother Nature will cooperate and maybe these winds won't come up. Yeah. Yeah. We're thinking of the fire. And thanks to all the firefighters. They're doing doing an amazing job. Heroic work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. We're going to turn here uh, in in one (laughs) one of those awkward transitions. But you just got to move on. You got to find the silver lining in life, right? In other surprise news, we have, of course, Chip and Joanna Gaines news. (laughs) So, okay. This is it's Monday as we record this. We release this show tomorrow. But Friday, we were working on things for this week and next week, and particularly on the holiday show we're doing for next week. Right. So it's like, where are we getting our inspiration for holiday decorating and food? And I said, well, maybe I'll check in with Chip and Joanna Gaines because they've always got some good ideas. And Julie, what did you say? You said, no, you can't. They're off. They've got nothing. <laughs> they're off. I mean, they're in reruns. You can keep, <laughs> you can, you can still see them uh, all the time, but those, there are no fresh news shows list. Yeah, yeah. well, uh-huh. That was uh, Friday in the middle of the day. And then Friday night, what did they do? The retired Chip and Joanna Gaines went on Jimmy Fallon's show and announced their new TV deal. And not only uh, are they coming back to TV, they're getting a network, sisters. They're getting. <laughs> what does that mean, Liz? Well, 20... you, you were a TV executive. That's that sounds big. Good. It, it is big. Basically, what it means is that they will have a whole network. That And this is part of Discovery. So Discovery will take one of their networks that's not working very well now and rebrand it Magnolia TV. And it's going to be Chip and Joanna and their world all the time. I now, love that. <laughs> I would love to spend more time in their world. Yes. Now, I mean, Waco, it's a lifestyle, Liz. You know, you could just see that they can continue to do the Fixer Upper show. But there could be so many spinoffs. I mean, yeah. I love Clint. You know, he designs all the furniture, makes all that furniture. Yeah, yeah. We could have his own w- woodworking show. And sure. of course, Jimmy Jimmy Don, you like him, right? <laughs> what does he He's do? Me- Jimmy Don does all the meta- metal work. You know, when they okay. put phrases, you know, and letters up on the wall. Oh, they Jimmy do a Don- lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Giant clocks. Okay. Is, is I just, be- <laughs> Giant clocks. Clock so, like, I just want to say, though, Julie... You're making it sound like they're going to do like a DIY renovation um, channel. That is not what they announced. What they oh. announced is the details surrounding this opportunity remain a work in progress, but our hope is to build a different kind of platform for unique, inspiring, and family-friendly content. So who knows what that's going to be? I, they probably don't know yet, but I do have a few tips, as you say. Okay. Not only was I a television executive, I was on the team at the beginning of Oprah Winfrey's network when she, when she was launching OWN. I was the head of marketing there for a couple of years till I till I bailed, <laughs> and, and so so I did learn some lessons. Uh, and here's I have just a few that I want to share. Here's one of the things we learned at OWN is that you know the, the Oprah network was really the Noprah network <laughs> because she was she can't be on every show. Right. So we had to manage a lot of expectations about how much Oprah you were going to get on the network because most of the shows were no Oprah. So I just want to say, Chip and Joanna, just really think that through from like managing your own time. Then another thing that happens is you can't just deconstruct your current show into all of its ingredients and make oh, that's that. What, that's exactly what I was. Thinking. That's what you just yeah. did, Julie. 
That's not going to work. I I don't think the kids should have their own show. I think they need their privacy. I don't want to see Chip and Joanne and Kitten. Yeah, well, you're going to see them. Come on. Inspiring and family-friendly content. Who do you think is going to get their own show? The kids are going to get their own show. Oh, no. But it's like, Leanne, you mentioned the clocks. Here's what happens. You just break everything into its component parts. Next thing you know, you have the big clock show. And you have the shiplap show. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And you have the succulents show. And all the things they do. You have the cute kids show. So I would just warn them against that. Mm -hmm. What makes Fixer Upper so great is how all of the elements work together. Any one of those individual elements on their own, not necessarily a winner. No. So you got to think about that. No, I've seen so Clint has a show. Complimentary uh, items. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Here's well, another I tip. Say we, let's move to Waco, sisters. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's going to be another like issue. To, that's going to be another. That's going to be another issue, too, Julie, because they said they're basing the whole business in Waco, which, you yeah. know, uh, which sounds delightful. And yeah. uh, I have no problem with Waco. <laughs> but so that means you're going to get a lot of television executives to move to Waco, Texas. I think that's it, unlikely. I'm just saying it. I'm saying it out loud. I think it's going to be really hard. Uh, Waco, it's a lifestyle. You haven't been there, Liz. You don't. It's very pleasant there. I have know? no doubt. I have no doubt. <laughs> but you're never going. No, not me. I'm talking about. In fact, about... I've tried to lure you. When you come to Dallas, I want to do the side trip to, to Waco with you, sisters. But there was actually, consistent. Julie, it's funny because this morning, you know, we get all the people in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group who want to be no members, new members. And there was a Kathy from Waco, Texas this morning. <laughs> and I was laughing and showing it to Lee and like, look, we already have the Waco people signing up. So I've got no no issues with Waco. I just know that even the National Geographic Channel, which I also worked on, which was in Washington, D.C., we couldn't even get television executives to move to Washington, D.C. So good luck, Waco. Yeah, Um, because people who make TV live in New York and Los Angeles. Yeah. That's where TV is made. Yes. Like, it's not made in Waco. Well, not anymore. I know. Not anymore. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I I, I just, let's see. I have um, one more tip that I think is worth saying. Yeah. Don't create shows around lesser versions of you. For instance, nobody wants to see like a Kip and Moana show, right? (laughs) You can't just go find a bunch of other cute couples like you and try to create the same magic. I know HGTV has done that. And then none of the other fixer-upper shows or like Las Vegas or wherever that they're not... They're not nearly as charming no. as Chip and Joanna. Yeah. No. If you want to see how charming they are, even if you've never watched Fixer Upper, go on YouTube and watch how they announced all of this on Jimmy Fallon on Friday night. They are so great, those yeah. two, together. And they're they're each funny and interesting. And then together, they just do have a certain spark. So I'm really happy for them. I think it's going to be fascinating. Oh, and by the way, it's going to take a lot longer than you think, Chip and Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Wow, that was some top-notch advice from someone who's been, been through it. I think it. she's making a pitch. I think Liz is making a pitch. Nope. We could find you a really cute little house in Waco, Liz. You know, come no on No doubt. Down. I No, I'm jealous when I look at those houses and the cost. Yes, it, all of that is super appealing. A lot less stress, you know, like if you, yes, exactly. Right. Okay. Not if you're trying to start a TV network <laughs> where no one else in TV works. I think it sounds pretty stressful. <laughs> so, uh, but if anyone can do it, Chip and Joanna can do it. More power you know, to them. Yeah. Yeah. More power to them. They've got the five kids now. They've got a lot of um, material to work with. I think you're going to get a, like a reality show of them at home. I yeah. think, you, I think they're also going to do a talk show. 
That's my prediction. One of the first things you're going to get from them is not a renovation show, but an actual kind of talk showy thing. There you go. My predictions. It's kind of okay. hard. To... I think you should work with Clint and Jimmy Don and have a nice little <laughs> crafting show, Liz. They're you only could... interesting when they're talking to the Gaineses, Julie. That that's all reflected <laughs> glory. I learned that. Believe me, <laughs> it's true. All right. Remember, remember when Nate Berkus got his own radio show? I know. And you're thinking, how is decorating going to work on the radio? And then it didn't. Right. (laughs) (laughs) For as charming as Nate is. But, you know, anyway, it's these things are hard. But good luck, Chip and Joanna. We love you. I love you. Magnolia TV. Can't wait. Joanna does a lot of baking, so there could be a baking show. Yeah. No, she has the cookbook. Yeah, 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 but but oh. again, it, it, like, is she really going to be on every single show? <laughs> you have to come okay. up with other shows that don't feat, feature Chip and Joanna, and that is the hardest part. <laughs> All right. Okay, Liz. <laughs> we could have done a million great shows starring Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> okay, we get it, Liz. I know you've said it like eight times, but I think we're started starting to, to settle it. Okay. Wow. I love the holiday season. It is. It's fun. So many good reasons to buy stuff, you know, <laughs> for yourself and for your family and friends. Okay. It is time for a little bit of a Stay Noisy report. When we did last Tuesday's show, obviously... You were voting America. We encouraged you to go do that. And apparently you did exactly what we uh, told you to do because record numbers of voters, always a good thing. That's the number one, always a good thing. Right. Lots of participation. The number two, always a good thing, we have to say here at Satellite Sisters is more women in office. So some races haven't been called yet, but more than 100 women have been declared winners in the 435 House races. So that's nearly three dozen more than are serving in the current Congress. That has got to be better. (laughs) I mean, Congress has like the lowest approval rating of, you know, of anybody. And and so let's hope that by bringing in more women we can get more yeah. more things to, that it's really going to make a difference. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I'm hopeful for. That uh, here's yeah, here's that my more women will be, you know, they'll be more willing to communicate, to negotiate, to, you know, to talk with each other, to get things done. My favorite part, Julie, is that it's not even just more women. It's more women from unconventional backgrounds for politicians, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's one who's a nuclear engineer. There's one who's a former flight attendant, a nurse. My favorite is the former CIA agent. Come on. I just love love her. What's her name? Abigail Spamberger? Yeah. She, like, just awesome. So these are women who were just, like, watching the way things were going in the world and thought, well, I can do a better job than this. <laughs> yeah, okay. it was a Virginia, Abigail Spanberger. She was also a mother who started a Girl Scout troop. So she's CIA agent slash Girl Scout troop leader. And I heard her on the radio and she said, yeah, one day she just called her husband and said, honey, I'm going to run for Congress. OK, like it just wasn't something she had ever thought about before. So I think that's all good. These are many of them full time working moms in the real world. I just think. That has got to be good, too. It's got to help. I hope. You know, yes. we'll see. That's the, I mean, I'm glad we've elected all these women. Now let's get the job done. Yes. Yeah. Now there's the third thing I want to mention, another big change. And that is the average age of 
people serving in Congress. It's been getting steadily older for decades. Since 1981, the average age of representatives and senators has jumped from 49 and 53 to 57 and 61, respectively. Well, not this year. Because of who voted, the average age of a person in Congress is going to drop 10 years. Wow. So, yay. That is a big drop. And, like, hey, I'm a baby boomer. Julie, you're a baby boomer. It's not like we have anything against boomers. But I feel like millennials do have a lot to add at this point. And I'm happy to hear their voices. And one of the things that is the result of so many more people ages 18 to 29 voting in Tuesday's elections is that they voted for people like them who are younger. And, That's hey, shocking. Yeah. Shocking, Trim. Yes. And so so I think if we have more women from unconventional backgrounds, not just run-of-the-mill politicians, and everyone is, like, younger, like, I think that's all good. So I just wanted to say... Well done for everyone who voted. I hope you got what you wanted. But even if you didn't, we're we're getting like just it seems like there's a breath of fresh air here that yeah, we can like a very diverse class of uh, you know, yes. new Congress people. Yes. So we'll see. OK, so yes. now they got to do something. Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention. This happened at the state level. There are also a lot of women in state leg- legislatures now that we didn't have before. But also a friend of mine, my friend Mary, who you know, a friend of hers was running for a governor of Maine, and her last name is Mills. And so she she won, and so she is governor-elect Mills now. But she had been the attorney general of Maine, and so you know how they call the attorney general general. So her name was General Mills, which, <laughs> <laughs> which she said she's very happy that she just won't be General Mills anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's like spending your life as Captain Crunch or something. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. And one other news follow up. We did have a brief discussion uh, last week about poll workers. And, Leon, you had some potential issues with the average age of your poll workers. And then I know you walked that back. I apologize. (laughs) I walked it back. (laughs) But there was a story that I saw in the news that I liked about this poll worker, 97 years old marking her 79th consecutive year working elections. So I just want to say, good for you. She's our solid gold satellite sister of the week. 79 consecutive years working elections. You know, wow, that's 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 incredible. That's all I want to say about that. It's the only comment I'm going to make. Incredible, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. 97-year-old poll worker. Great. (laughs) Let's just see. She's seen a lot of things, you know. She's African-American. She, like, working those polls back in the day, it was, it's hard to get people uh, all signed up to do that. Anyway, well done. Fantastic. All right. One of the big headlines that led us to this week's Bitter Business Bureau last week, Amazon announced where they're going to put their two new corporate headquarters. And the Internet responded by saying, what a farce. We're (laughs) apoplectic. This was a joke. Amazon's move on new headquarters riles some critics. Every one of them, including us. Yes. So here's yep. the news of this. They announced two places where they're going to put their quarter headquarters, but they made all these other cities go through this sham dog and pony bait and switch 
farce show. Far- <laughs> yeah, are there any more words like that? Because it was Sham. all of that. Yeah. <laughs> ruse. It was a ruse. <laughs> and people are mad. But Liz, you've got the news. Where are they putting the two oh, new Oh, surprise, surprise. Like, where are they going to go with their new headquarters? <gasps> oh, New York City and Washington, D.C., sisters. Like, what a great economic development plan. You know, it's the headline in the New York Times says, a ruse or brilliant marketing by Amazon. Yes. So basically, they did make all of these cities compete. On the original list, the idea was this was going to be an economic windfall for your city. And of course, not that New York and Washington don't also need that. But on the original list, they had Detroit, Raleigh, Nashville, Columbus, Pittsburgh, and Dallas, Joel. Uh So I'm sure the people in Dallas feel a little bit snookered, feel a little bit hoodwinked. Oh, okay. We feel duped. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, you have to realize at the time that they announced, Amazon announced this search for their second headquarters, this is when they were getting a lot of bad press. I mean, there were a number of big articles about how terrible it was to work for Amazon and, you know, that maybe this wasn't such a great environment. But then all of a sudden, everybody, you know, wanted the second headquarters. Now, Dallas, ideal location, mm-hmm. okay, middle of the country, because it is a shipping company. They're shipping mm-hmm. stuff, obviously. Uh, and Texas is very pro-business, and they've attracted a lot of other big corporations like to- Toyota and Fidelity to Texas and to Dallas. So we had the kind of taxes and regulation structure they were looking for. And then, of course, Dallas had to spend a lot of time on their proposal, you know, and they had to spend a lot of time saying nice things about Amazon and Jeff Bezos, right? (laughs) So so when they rejected Dallas, okay, they did it in a way that it was it wasn't like, oh, Dallas, you didn't put enough competitive package together. No, they went out of their way to insult Dallas. Oh, really? What they said was the issue was the workforce. Now, certainly we have very fine universities here in Texas. We have a very affordable cost of living here. So young people can move here. Sure. It's no no Waco, but it's pretty good. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But what they said was that they were looking for young, educated And here was the code word they use, entrepreneurial people, okay? And apparently, uh, entrepreneurial means hip. And so somehow they didn't, well, they never had any intention to coming to Dallas, but they went out of their way to insult our workforce saying it wasn't hip enough or entrepreneurial enough. That's so so wrong. So here's how we feel in Dallas this morning, okay? I'm just telling you, we don't need you stinking Amazon (laughs) because guess what? There was a big article today about Walmart, okay? And they're going to be beefing up their operations in Dallas and Austin. And guess what they do a lot of? They ship a lot of stuff, too. So... So you just take that, Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> and no one's ever accused Walmart of being hip. <laughs> yes. So great. <laughs> okay. You know, I okay, mean, what they do. Sassy and, sister there. Okay. I mean, in this kind of competition, they just get people to, like, bid by giving them these tax-free loans and various other tax breaks and things. And so then the other cities have to match those. So they just effectively drive down the price of the cities that they were going to go to in the first place. Right. It's yeah. a negotiating the lease tactic. Yes. yes. They, exactly. they already and had they got those... everyone in the country to say nice things about Amazon, but yeah. no more. Yeah. 
<laughs> but Liz, your theory is they picked D.C. and New York because that's where Jeff Bezos has that's, homes. That's where his two homes that's are. That's where just he that, lives. Just yeah. as an FYI. <laughs> so, so. Home in Washington, D.C. and a place in New York and Seattle. So they almost always put headquarters in places where the CEO lives. And so I just... I <laughs> like think, Waco. <laughs> like Waco, exactly. Magnolia TV, Waco. Amazon, Washington, New York, and We Seattle. are going to be such a power corridor between <laughs> Dallas, Austin, and Waco. You just wait. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, Julie, you got some kooky international news for us. International News Roundup Trend Edition. Is that correct? This, I think these are all topics that you can bring to your holiday uh, parties and meals. Okay. So things that you might want to discuss. Here's the first one coming out of Great Britain, which is the golden gap year. Now, would this interest you? Now, Lee, and I know your son took a gap year. Yes. And usually when you say a gap year, that's between high school and then going on to college or university. But now a lot of baby boomers in Great Britain, Britain, Great Britain, <laughs> wow. excuse me, let me try that again. <laughs> yeah. Now a lot of baby boomers in Great Britain are taking a gap year or two as they retire before settling into the next stage of their life. You know, they don't want to just go from work to sitting in a chair. So they want to, you know, they want to work on their bucket list of, of travel. But these are not, this is not a bucket list on the luxury level. This is a bucket list on the budget. So think backpacks, hostels, and hanging around with 20-somethings as you sort of bounce around the world. Do you think that sounds like something you'd like to do? Yes. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Liam, that, that does sound good. Yeah. Hostels? Hostels? Yeah. You know, I'd like to kind of go back. I mean, I'd like to kind of go back to being 20 again. Yeah, I oh, think I if, would too, but I you're think, not. But yeah. I think if you have the right attitude, you know, especially if you go to places you've really never been before. I mean, I don't need to go back to Paris and sit in a hostel, but I haven't explored any of Africa. I'd be interested in doing that in the mm -hmm. simplest, cheapest way possible, for instance. I haven't done a lot of Southeast Asia. I'm okay, okay with that. All right. Yeah. Okay. I feel and like Liz, I could do it. you big N.O. about that? No, no, you're not going back to the backpacking days? Mm, I think that would be a bridge too far for me. I like, <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I'm happy to well, go. it's interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will go far afield, and it's not like I'm it's super luxury travel necessarily. But the the actual backpack, like I'm with an away suitcase, just yeah. a roller bag, <laughs> and the here are the things I couldn't do about hostels. I think it's the the shared showers. Mm, you know, it's the stuff like that. It's the little the little things. I don't need chocolate on my pillowcase, but I would like my own shower. Yeah. I, but Julie, how about you? You've been to a lot of places. No, absolutely not. Okay. No, I don't. I've been in hostels. Those are terrible. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> but, I, but I like the idea of taking a break. Of like, sort of, like not settling down. Although I am settled down. But you know, <laughs> let's just say I wasn't settled down. Like traveling for an extended period of time, traveling to different places, being with different people. I think that's exciting and fun. And I think it's something very interesting for people to consider, you know, because I think sometimes you just work really hard and then you retire and then you're like, then I'll figure out the plan. Yeah. I think this is a good way to bridge that. OK, here's the second topic. Uh, November 1st in Finland is a day that Finland's tax administration publishes every Finnish citizen's taxable income. They call it Jealousy Day. They literally publish 
everybody in the country what they paid in taxes because the government government feels very strongly about transparency and they're very concerned about the gap between normal people and the super rich people so this is one way that they just put that information out there for everybody to see good mm -hmm. idea bad idea Leon, what do you think i like it <laughs> <laughs> i like it because you know what my husband and I are paid on W-2s, and what are the other ones? We're paid on W-9s, K-1s, 1099s. 1099s. We pay every darn cent that we have to pay in taxes. Yeah. And we pay it happily because we appreciate what the government does. Yes. I get the sense other people, Liz, they're are not, not paying, paying their fair share. <laughs> I get that sense. Uh-huh. I would like to see that. It's what you pay in taxes. That's, yes. you know, I, I, I don't mind it. Yeah. And while we're at it, let's get some child care thrown in. <laughs> So you're going full Finland. I just, just yeah, let's do it. I mean, yeah, give social me the, safety net. Yeah, you're for it. I just get the sense some people aren't paying their taxes, Liz. Yeah, yeah, I get and that, that makes too. me mad. So, Julie, this list is what people made or what they paid in taxes or both. Taxable. This is their taxable income. Oh, so, you oh. Know, this is yeah, yeah, taxable. Not, yeah. So if they so presumably they paid those taxes, yes. but it would indicate what their taxes were. Yeah. Okay. Are you for that total disclosure, Liz? I you, am very you want your income out there for the whole world to see or I, for the whole country to I see. I think transparency would be good. I'm sort of because growing income inequality is not good for our communities, I think. And so that, this is just one way that you might it might be a little bit of a shock to the system. But if you see the gap getting wider and wider over time? Would it change the way people thought about some social issues and what our government does or doesn't do for us? Like, I I would be willing to consider it. I think it works well in a very small country. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I just want I mean, to see I'm what people pay. See, I'm not that crazy about it, but I do think if this information was out, as it, I guess is the case in Finland, that employers have to address the, the pay gap. Yes, that right. That might, might occur, you know, like, oh, look, we're paying this man, you know, a lot more than we're paying this woman. So I think in that way, it's very good. But other studies have showed that sometimes when everyone can see everyone else's salary, that it doesn't make people feel better. It does mm -hmm. make them feel jealous and bitter. And the people receiving the lowest income, you know, feel the worst. Yeah. So that's not that great either. You know, it's something we have talked about on Safe for Work, my other podcast that I do that's the Career Advice Show, because I think within companies, transparency on salaries would be a very healthy thing. Uh, because it would just naturally address some of the unfairness in the way people get compensated. And I'm not so, so not so much income inequality, but as you say, the difference between what men and women get paid or if there are different educational levels and you can see people's salary is actually attached to that, that's a positive piece of information to have. So I, I am for that. And I've read a lot about companies that have done that. It doesn't always work, but in some places it's just now an accepted part of the culture of the company, which... You know, it's a good experiment. I just want to see what people paid in taxes. I don't need, seriously, because I'm already jealous and bitter. So <laughs> it's not going to make me more. Uh -huh. I just suspect there are people out there who make a lot more money that are not yeah. paying any taxes. Uh -huh. I would like right. to see that. Okay. Right. All right. Okay. Third topic, um, move over France and Germany and Spain. They've always taken, you know, always had the role of having these old cave paint, the oldest cave paintings in the world. 
They have now just announced that in Borneo, so Leon, this may be somewhere you want to go on your gap year mm-hmm. with your backpack. On Borneo, they have found the oldest figurative drawings by a human artist, and they've dated them at 40,000 years old. So they're in these caves way up in the jungles of Borneo, and it's quite a hike to get there. And the scientists that and the archaeologists that found these caves, they were, you know, they had to drink the water from the stalactites coming down. So that it's, it's really rough to get there. But I guess it's spectacular to see these animal pictures where they have these rounded animals with thin legs and spears sticking in the rump. I mean, it's amazing because they never knew that there was were there was a population of people, you know, in caves drawing pictures that are very similar to the cave drawings that they have in Spain and France and Germany. So now archaeologists have to figure out, well, how were these two groups together or how was this all happening at the same time? Uh, so it's pretty fascinating. I mean, they found they actually found these drawings in 1994, but it's taken that long to do some special dating of the stone in order to document that these are indeed four. 40,000-year-old paintings. Wow, that's pretty cool. I'm just looking at these paintings now. So Borneo is in Indonesia, just FYI. I had to Google that. I knew it was somewhere out there, but uh, I had to Google that. Yeah, these are amazing. And it's amazing that we now have the technology to be able to do this dating. I like it. Right. And it's sort of fascinating to think that there were populations in Borneo painting on walls sort of before the group that was painting on the walls in France and in Spain and Germany. But how did they, this just happened simultaneously or were they together or, so there's a lot of unanswered questions, but things to ponder over your holiday meal, no doubt. Oh, go go and Google this because some of these drawings are kind of, they give you chills. Here's one of just all these hands, these human hands yeah, with yeah, tattoos on them and things like that. Oh, wow. Really cool. Good one, Jewel. Okay. (laughs) I thought so. Good one. Good one. All right. Stay with us. We have some entertaining. Okay. And we're back. So it's time for Entertaining Sisters. Are we going to do a little poll dark chat? What's up with the poll dark? Poll dark and handsome. Now, uh, if you go to our Facebook group, we are putting notes up there, or Leon is putting notes up there from Pole Dark and Handsome, and people are commenting. And this week's um, episode didn't really get a great review, but I have to tell you, I thought it was sm- slow moving, but there was a lot happening. There was a ball, which I always like a mask ball, so that that, that was happening. <laughs> There's a new blonde villain oh. that you want to check out, okay? So that was good. There was a duel. Come on. Oh, wow. I haven't, <laughs> haven't had, had a chance that. to watch it yet. Oh, so. yeah. There's a oh. duel, okay? There are old suspicions. Mm. There were ferocious appetites, oh. destroyed love. And Ross and Demelza are in love. So what else could go wrong? Oh, right? okay. Oh, no. So I, th- you know, despite what others have said, I felt like it was a very satisfying episode. A lot of things had happened. All right. And it's building up to uh, next week's ne- um, episode is the season's um, finale. 
Okay. So you got to watch this. Okay. All right. Or yeah, we're in it. We've on. made it this far. <laughs> We've made it this far. We got to stay in it. Well, Julie, now right. I'm excited to watch it. I just hadn't gotten yeah. to it this week. So uh, yeah. because we've been Duel, busy. A ball, a new villain. Yeah. Get on it. Yeah. Will do. Will do. All right, Liz, you went to see a movie this week. I did. I went to see a fascinating movie that I want to recommend and then have a little, a little backstory to go with that. I went to see Can You Ever Forgive Me? It's the new movie from Melissa McCarthy where she stars as, and this is the true story, Lee Israel was kind of a celebrity biographer in New York during a certain era. She had written books that did well, and then she just sort of fell off the radar, and she ended up becoming a forger of literary letters. So this is, and then she wrote a, a, her own memoir about that. So they made this into a movie. It's not a comedy. It's it's very serious, but very, very clever. Uh, Melissa McCarthy plays Lee Israel. Richard Grant is fantastic as like her best friend, this kind of super snarky guy. And uh, there's just a lot of references to New York of a certain era that I loved. Like I was sitting in a theater in Santa Monica and they were making jokes about Dwayne Reed and I was laughing, but nobody else in the theater was laughing. (laughs) I just want to say that. But it's also kind of about the snobbishness and the limited scope of the literary world in New York. Oh, So, Lee, and I think you would appreciate that there is a lot of very dark humor directed at literary agents in New York City. And I said, like it. Her agent is played by Jane Curtin. Who oh, doesn't love my seeing, gosh. Seeing Jane Curtin on TV oh. and, the, and the movies. I love her. So, yeah. so anyway, so, so I recommend Can You Ever Forgive Me? It's not like a knockdown, drag out thing. It is just a super thoughtful, um, fascinating story about the lengths this woman would go to to support herself. And she's super unlikable. So that's part of her problem. And it's <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, that's what if you're a celebrity biographer, right? Yeah. yeah. And People so want she, you to be charming. She has no friends. Yeah. And nobody wants to talk to her and nobody wants to book her to promote even the shows that she has. So it's a it's a very specific movie about a very specific thing. And but it's specific things that I like. New York of that era, the literary world. Her husband Ben Falcone is in it. As I okay. said, Jane Curtin is in it. Uh Anna Devere Smith, who I still think of as the Secretary of Defense from <laughs> the West <laughs> Wing. West Wing. She's <laughs> she's in it. Uh so small, powerful Kind of dark movie, but I recommend. So anyway, so... Did she write it? Did Melissa McCarthy write it? I don't mean to no, stump you. You know who was one of the writers? There are two writers. One of them is Nicole Holofson. Oh, so who is just I a fantastic filmmaker. Okay. So, but I... I yeah, I can't okay. remember who the other is. But, oh, that, okay. All right. Um. Anyway, so here's the thing. So I saw it, and as I'm walking out of the movie, I turn my cell phone back on, and I get a text message from one of my nearest and dearest satellite sisters in New York City, my friend Catherine texted me to say, I just saw the best movie. You have got to see Can You Ever Forgive Me with Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> so it's just, isn't that weird when you're on the same wavelength right. with, with a friend? That, and, that's what satellite sisters are all yes, about, Liz, right? Yes. So so then, so I called her. So I thought, well, she's obviously out of the movie. So I just rang her up and we had a, a nice chat about the movie and about why we each liked it. And then she said, remember when we met Melissa McCarthy? And I was like, no, I do not. When would we ever have met Melissa McCarthy? She said, yes. 
when we were going to Ireland, which is like a dozen years ago, Catherine and uh-huh. I went to Ireland on vacation together. She said, we were sitting in that VIP lounge at Newark Airport, like the Continental Airlines lounge. And we were talking about all of the things that we were going to do because we were, we were going to the Galway Arts Festival. Then we were going up to County Sligo. Then we were going to Dublin. We were like just reviewing our plans. And she said, all of a sudden, Melissa McCarthy who was at the next table to us in the lounge, like leaned over and said, you guys seem really organized. We have no idea what she's doing. (laughs) And it was Melissa McCarthy and her husband, Ben Falcone, (laughs) who I did not know who she was at the time because I never watched Gilmore Gilmore Girls. Girls, So Catherine knew her from Gilmore Girls. So Catherine had this long chat with Melissa and Ben about their plans. And I was like, I have no idea who she's talking to. Oh, because at the very same time this happened, and this is really bringing it on home (laughs) to the Satellite Sisterhood. Longtime listener Adrian Jackson was also passing through <laughs> the Continental Airlines Lounge in Newark on that day. She uh, she heard me talking and she actually came up to me. She's like, "Excuse me, but you're Liz Dolan, aren't you?" And she had you know been listening for a long yes. time. And Adrian, I know you're still in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. I know you're out there. My recollection, Adrian, you had just dropped your daughter off in Germany where her father lived, and you were flying home. We bumped into each other in the Newark airport, and that was our moment together, Adrian. So there you go. Like, it all happened around this one conversation about the movie, and then Catherine's talking to Melissa McCarthy. I'm talking to Adrian Jackson. That's just the way the world works. So, Adrian, the rule is now you can say you had a conversation with Melissa McCarthy. Yes. That's (laughs) the rule, right? Yes. There was a triangulation, and that's the rule, Adrian. Anyway, it all starts with, you that know, is your a crazy fr- story. Your friends sort of seeing the movie at the same time. Yeah. Next thing you know, like, because I had no recollection of that at all. I had so, no recollection of that at Ireland. Is, but it is something what you just said. It's yeah. something, okay. right? Yeah. Yes, it is something. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Mm. Okay. There you go. Good story. Wow. <laughs> Entertaining Liz. Excellent. All right. Uh, now I have a couple of goofy travel tips. We'll finish up and then how to how to peel a hard boiled egg. All right. So I surveyed quite, a few, on home. quite yeah. a few sites actually to get some. I was looking for actual travel tips because, you know, you go out there and they're all the same. Like, yeah. don't travel on peak days. All right. Well, we're not idiots. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to. Though, I know. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Avoid airline ticket counters. Yeah. No duh. <laughs> you know. Bring provisions. Okay. Charge your cell phone. Right yeah, on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, that's why we good. have the away bags. But yeah. a couple of these actually stuck out. And I, I wanted, especially you guys are big travelers. How about rethink the airport experience? Okay. The idea is like, you don't want to rush through the airport anymore. There's so much great stuff happening at the airport. And the reason this caught my eye, because they want you to go three hours early, which to Ooh. me is fantastic idea. <laughs> I am happy to go three hours early. And they're like, you can go. You can have a meal. You can get a massage. You can take a yoga class. And then you can get on your plane. What do you think, Liz and Julie, rethinking the airport experience, going three hours I, I early? I thought you were going to suggest take a train or a bus. No. That would be rethinking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I, th- I, I, I enjoy, like, you know, in the international um, um, airports, I love the duty-free window shopping. I, <laughs> I never really buy much in, in duty-free, but I love all the shopping that you can do when you have to get there early for um, an international flight. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I love that. Liz, what's your feeling on spending more time in airports? I am trying to imagine you having the conversation with your husband 
that you're going to get to the airport. The family's getting to the airport three hours early so we can take a yoga Yoga class. class. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's going to go well. Your husband is in the, as long as he doesn't miss the plane, he's cool school. Yeah. You know, which is not the Dolan way. No. At all. It's caused some tension. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Over the course of your 25-year marriage, there have been a few about that issue. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I think if you're traveling on your own. (laughs) My own. I do. I do look at some of these new amenities and think, well, that that looks kind of nice, but who would really do that in an airport? Like, really? I I don't know. Like only if you were trapped. People are doing it. They're getting their nails done. They're shopping. It makes sense. Doing the massages. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. So So that's that's the tip. I thought was pretty provocative. Rethink the airport experience. Okay. Here's one. Liz, speaking of fights I've had with my husband, <laughs> buy gas the night before you go to the oh, airport. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't want to mention that fateful trip to Hawaii. When, well, I wish we had missed the plane. The trip <laughs> turned out so poorly. But but we almost missed it because we were, like, driving around near LAX to get gas so we would have gas on the way home. I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, not everybody thinks of that. That is an excellent tip. Yes. Okay, here's one. Uh, Experienced travelers know this, but the grandma in front of you at TSA doesn't. Don't wrap your gifts. Yeah, Like Because they're going to tear the wrapping off. Please don't wrap your gifts. In fact, many travel sites just said, send the gifts to where you're going. Yeah. Don't even try to travel with the gifts. Just order online and send them to where you're going. Please don't wrap your gifts. Mom had a terrible experience with a potpourri um, in a glass jar. <laughs> Just don't do that. Okay. Well, she Portland, would also think, then wrap I think her she gifts. She was banned from the Portland airport. Yeah, and she would use a lot of foil. On I know her gifts, which is not good in the X-ray machine. <laughs> Okay. And then I went to Travel and Leisure, which, you know, they're geared towards the upscale travelers. So they had a list that was just ridiculous, including this, like pack alcohol. So no. they said, bring your own mixed drinks kit in, in the with the little things like bring your own thing. Who's got the time to do that? Like <laughs> all the things you're jamming in your carry-on bag. Oh, you know what? I need the martini shaker. Can someone get the martini? I mean, that is what they suggested. That's a bad idea. And then try aromatherapy. Uh, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh please! Yeah, your your seatmates when you start in with the aromatherapy, they're that's yeah, that's going to be a bridge too far. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. So there's some travel tips for you, but we're going to put more uh, links to all these at our Facebook page or at our website. You know, every uh, show, Liz does a bang up job with the blog posts with links. We really work hard. We do. on our show notes. Uh huh. So if you're looking for something that we've referred to on the show, and it sounds like oh maybe there's a link to that, there yeah. probably is. Mm-hmm. And Liz has trained Julie. And I, she's forced us to use Google Docs and put all the links in. And she's cutting and pasting, and we're not very good at it. But Liz is, she's doing the job there. So if I'm you're... doing the best I can. Let's just say, within yeah. my limited skills, yeah. we do have a lot of resources there. Yes. So, satellitesisters.com is always a good place to look. Or the show notes, if you're listening to the, um, the show on your phone, you can just swipe the cover art, and most of it is right there. You can do it, people. Okay. Now I'm moving on to how to peel a hard-boiled egg. Oh, oh my God. (laughs) Okay. Liz, you brought an egg in the other day. I did. How to peel. How to peel up for you. Super easy. Yeah. How'd how'd you cook your egg? Uh, Hot water in a a pan. (laughs) Here, the the water boils. Yeah. I I put the egg in it. 
And then I take the water off the heat. I turn it off and I just let it sit there for, I don't know, the rest of the day. Right. <laughs> it's supposed to be just about 20 that's minutes. Right. That's completely wrong on how to boil an egg. How if do you, you boil it? Right? You, start, you start with the egg in the cold water, bring it to a boil. Then when it boils, you remove it from the heat. You cover it 15 minutes. That's how you boil an egg. That's a lot of work. for Yeah. yeah that does, no, yeah. that's easy. No, I'm with Julie. That's the way I do it. Here's this article in Prevention Magazine. <laughs> Uh, they they mentioned you might want to toss some baking soda in your egg to peel it. But here's the method I, I want you to try next time. It's called the blowing method, all right? <laughs> I want someone to try this. Here's how it's supposed to work. That's what it says in Prevention Magazine. So that means no one at Prevention has tested this. <laughs> it says, first crack the shell at the top and the bottom of the egg. Then peel off a quarter size hole at each end. Okay, so you've done so much work already. Yes. You've cracked, you've peeled. Okay, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to place your mouth over the entire top of the egg. Okay. <laughs> Take the hole. Let it just like inflate it. And then blow, Liz, with all your might. <laughs> and the peel just, just blows off. shooting out. The egg just comes shooting out. That is not going to happen. That is not no one has ever done that. Prevention magazine. Who would do- Why? Yeah, I'm just going to blow this egg. I'm- You've already peeled half the egg. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I do want someone to try that at okay. home. Okay. Well, I would like to see a video of that. There yes. is some, they, they link to several YouTube tutorials. I feel like if you need a tutorial to peel an egg. First of all, you have too much time on your hands. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. And put that on your resume. I know how to blow an egg. Okay. All right. Uh, Okay, we got to wrap it up. Yeah, we do. Our to do list today. well, I'm going to Oregon for, for I'm going to Oregon for Thanksgiving, but we're taking some extra time. So okay. I'm actually leaving Wednesday for Oregon. And the exciting breaking news here is we're taking our dog on vacation, which is nice. a, a first for us. So I have to prepare the dog for vacation. I okay. think she's going to be pretty confused because the only time she goes in the car is to go to the vet. You know? Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna um, use some calming medicines on her, and we're taking her try aromatherapy. <laughs> taking a pack her a drink. Just some some hard. <laughs> Boiled eggs. Got a cocktail in a can. Dogs love that. (laughs) And and that's it. So I'll be posting from Bend with my dog. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, I've just got one word for what I'm going to work on later today. Spatchcock. Oh, yeah. I decided to go. Julie, you spatchcock turkey, right? I didn't say that right, but you know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) So I ordered a turkey. For it, that I'm going to pick up up in Pandora again, talk to the guy in the market on Saturday. And then, you know, it dawned on Leanne today. So she's making me do it. We're going to spotchcock that bad boy. Yeah. Because I'm not even making the main turkey. Our brother Dick is bringing the main turkey. So I'm just doing the backup turkey. So I'm going to spotchcock it. Yeah. Yeah. It comes out beautifully. And it makes so much sense because then you're roasting it evenly. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. maybe your butcher can do it, but just make sure the the uh, turkey is defrosted, Liz. Yeah, because you can't cut the you can't cut the backbone out of a frozen turkey. Just okay. FYI, yeah, I don't know what He's you're not, talking about. Yeah, okay, she's not doing any yes. of that. Don't worry, she's <laughs> doing anything. 
None of what you just described is she doing. She Did, called some guy to do it for her, Julie. <laughs> so. Jeff at Newport Market. Yeah. My so. man. All, All right. right. Okay, we got to go. Yeah, we do have to go. Don't We'd forget, like- we have the Alan Alda Show coming up on Friday, so be sure you're subscribed because that's a very special conversation. We'd like to thank our engineer today, Sergio Enriquez, who got a very his very own Harry's holiday set we today. We did, from so us. We're always so grateful for his great work. So thank you, Sergio. We would like to thank our sponsors on today, Satellite Sisters. We'd like to thank Care.com. Fab, fit, fun. We'd like to thank Salsa Basket, and we'd like to thank Rothy's. Yeah, yeah. And me undies, too. Me undies. (laughs) So I think we just thanked someone who's Yeah, Rothy's is not on, but I'd like to thank you, Rothy's. Thank Thank you. Can't thank them enough. Can't thank you enough, Rothy's. Okay. We're the Satellite Sisters. Everybody have a good week. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. Thanks, Leanne.